All right, guys, when we get to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real, it's going to podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. You can find the podcast on YouTube, and you can also find the podcast anywhere that you can get your podcast. Um, so today's podcast, if you've seen on the promos, today's podcast is entitled, I Gave Everything That I Had, But I'm Done. I Gave Everything That I Had, But I'm Done. So where's this where's this title coming from? Where where is this thought process coming from? So yesterday there was a conversation. There was a there was a couple people and there was a, a former um a former professional athlete. And he was basically trying to ask for help. And as he was as he was talking, <clears throat> he was mentioning um, you know, he was he was done trying to be a good person. He said he was done trying to uh, to trust people. He said he didn't want to trust anybody anymore because he had gotten burned so many times before. He said he was done trying to, you know, get close to people. He said he was done trying to ask for help from people because in his life experiences up to that point, everybody that he's come to for help, everybody that he's trusted, everybody's that, that he's loved has always hurt him. And so now that has happened to him in those three phases multiple times in his life so he had gotten to the point and he told the group he said look i'm done i'm done so everybody else around him was trying to uh you know encourage him and tell him hey look you can't you can't live this a life like that it's not it's not sustainable and he says yes i can because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go through that again so he said i'm done i gave everything i had to the people that were before, to the things that were before, to the career that was before. I already gave it all. I have nothing left. I have nothing left to give. And he said, I'm not going to try it anymore. I'm done. And and he had gotten to the point where he had, um, he had simplified his life to a point where he says, I want to get up in the morning, go to the gym, and go home and do it again. Because those are the two things in his life that are consistent to him, that, that are never going to leave, that are never going to hurt him, and that will never treat him bad. The gym will never do that, and his home will never do that. And so as, as we, this is kind of where the, the, the podcast topic came from. And as, as I was studying for this topic, um, you know, I was thinking, man, how many, how many Christians and good people feel that way? You know, it might be you, you know, if you're listening, you know, you've tried it before. You've given everything that you've had everywhere that you've been. You, you've always given everything that you had. But everything that you had, it, it's almost like. Even everything that you've given is still not enough. You know, it, it's still it's still not enough. And so are, are you at that point that this guy was at? Are you at that point? Right now, and are you at that point <clears throat> where you have simplified your life in a state where it might not be the gym for you, but it might be the only two things that I know are consistent for me is even though this this job is is taking everything out of me, I know it's not going to leave unless I mess it up, which I don't intend to. So I'm going to work this job and then I'm going to go home. I'm going to stick with the two things that are the most consistent. You know, can you sound, can you see how that sounds very um, unhealthy for him 
and how that's very unhealthy for you. So maybe you're at that point where, look, I'm done. I've given everything that I had and I'm, I'm done. I'm done. So the question becomes, as we um, keep studying this together, the question becomes for that guy, maybe for you, we don't just get to that point in life. You know, we don't just wake up one day and just say, I'm done. You know, that that's not how this works. How that works is there has to be a series of events that are different, but also consistent that the same outcome happens out of all those consistent events or different events, I'll say. And so that point, we don't just get there. We get there because of because of certain things. And so like this guy and maybe you, you know, you start off optimistic. No one starts off at the point where they just want to give up without trying. Nobody starts off at that point. Everybody starts off or with some optimism. But when the same thing keeps happening, the optimism turns into pessimism. That's that's what begins to happen. So it gets to that point because we get tired of certain things. And so what we're going to do, we're going to look at the life of Christ, but specifically, we're going to look at the life of not only Jesus, but also the lives of some people that he's helped that were in this situation. And maybe how Jesus helped them is how he can help you if you let him today, right? If you let him. Okay, so let's look at number one. So I gave everything that I had, I'm done. So how do you get to that point? Number one, if you're taking notes, here's the first point. You get tired of the same old movie. You get tired of the same old movie. What, is, what does that mean, the same old movie? Um, I, like, I like horror films, right? And so when you, when you, watch, when you watch horror films, they're all the same, right? They're, they're all the same in, in terms of you, you got a group of people or you got one person or you got a haunted house and then you got a villain. And pretty much no matter what happens, everybody else ends up getting overtaken by the villain. It's rare that the that the good guys stay alive and that the villain dies, right? It's it's rare, but it's it's the same. It's every scary movie has the same plot. It's just it's just different people and it's a different villain. So every movie has the same plot. So you think about you think about your life and that guy's life in that conversation yesterday. So in that guy's life, you can tell in his voice he's tired of seeing the same movie. Now, different situations, different careers, different teams, different people came into his life, but it ended up being the same thing. And so just physically speaking, you know, sometimes you'll get tired of seeing the same physical movie over and over. So if the same things consistently are happening, happening in your life, then naturally you'll get tired of the same things happening. Right. And so for us, what, what can happen is. Um we can get tired of the same old thing. And so as we, as we look at this, how do we, it's, it's inevitable that in life we'll get faint. Even Jesus got faint. Me and Austin or Austin and I discussed that uh, in our previous podcast in Matthew 26, right? When, when Jesus was in the garden and when Jesus said, look, I'm, he said, I'm, I'm exceeding tired. He said, I'm tired. And he said, could you just wait with me for one hour? Can you just wait for me with one? So Jesus understands that point. So how do we get help with that? 
Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, and let's look at verse 5. And as you're turning there, here's how that guy got to that point. He had gotten to that point because every person that had came into his life, he said, now this is, these are his words. He says, every person has stolen something from me. So whether that was something physically, they stole it. Whether it was his heart, they stole it. Every person stole something from him. And so everybody around him was saying, let's help. I can help you. I want to encourage you. I want to help you. But how does he see it? He sees it as you're just somebody else who's trying to steal something from me. So can you see how sometimes with the things that happen in our lives, sometimes it can make this, we can start building this, uh, this wall of defense up, right? And as we build this wall of defense up, because naturally speaking, when things happen to us, you don't want it to happen again because you want to be protected again, right? So, so if you're in battle and you get, you get scarred with a sword, right, and you survive, next time you go to battle, the exact spot that you got scarred, you're going to put extra protection there because you don't want the same thing to happen like it did in the last battle. So we do that emotionally, too. It's the same way. So now if we get tired, then how does how does the Lord deal with it? Because Jesus himself, Matthew 26, he got tired. So so what are we supposed to do when that when when we get to that point in life? Look at Hebrews chapter 12. And let's begin um, in verse number two. Here's how we begin. And it's it's a simple three word, three word phrase. Looking unto Jesus. Here's why it's so important as we keep walking through this text. It's important because being faint and being tired in this life is inevitable. Like you can't avoid it. It's going to happen. But when that happens, here's why we get tired of the same old movie. Because naturally, it's easy to blame everybody else. And that's not excusing other people's actions. But at the same time as well, we're at fault too. Because instead of looking unto Jesus in those situations, who are we looking to? We were looking to physical people who continue, who we allowed to keep letting us down. So now notice what it says here, looking unto Jesus. Now, does this mean, now again, Sometimes you can take certain things as extremes. Does this mean, well, you can never trust anybody? No, that's not what this means. But no matter who comes into your life, instead of them being at a pedestal, Christ should be above anybody. And then let's see, just like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So now you'll be able to have a gauge of how you can trust and how you can, uh, you, you can deal with certain people in your life. So looking unto Jesus, now why, why should I and why should you look to him when, we, when we're in this inevitable state of faintness and tiredness? Because he is the author and he is the finisher of what gets tired sometimes, our faith. So Hebrews 11, it mentioned by faith Abraham, right? By faith Noah, right? By faith Abel, all these things by faith. But just because they had faith doesn't mean that they were not tired. So do you think Abraham got tired of waiting for Isaac for 25 years? 
You think Noah got tired as he was building that ark and trying to get other people on there? You think Christ got tired? Obviously, he did. Matthew 26. Christ had faith. So looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of the avenue that gets tired sometimes, our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, he despised the shame, and now he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So verse 2 shows us where to look, it shows us how to move, and it shows us where our destination can be. But then notice what else it does according to verse 3. The text says, but consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. So look at what Jesus is trying to help us do. Remember that conversation with the guy. He says, I'm tired of helping people and I'm tired of trusting people and I'm tired of being a good person. So don't you think Jesus had gotten to that point too? So don't you think Jesus got tired? Well, obviously he did because there's multiple accounts in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John where Jesus leaves the disciples and he goes away to pray. Even even in the garden, he goes away to pray a, a few times. So here's what here's what we can do sometimes. For consider him, now notice what Jesus also endured. Consider Jesus that endured the contradiction of sinners against himself. Lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. So Jesus being a the, the best person to ever live, as he's doing what he's doing for people, guess what people are doing to him? Exactly what anybody could have, will have, and may have already done to you. So now, Jesus could have been like us. So if Jesus was that man sitting in that interview, Jesus could have said himself, well, I handcrafted everybody, John chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So I handcrafted every person that hurt me. I handcrafted Judas. I handcrafted the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I handcrafted all those people that spit on me, and I handcrafted the men that scourged me. I handcrafted them. But I still love them. I love them just as much as I handcrafted John, handcrafted Mary. So Jesus could have used the same excuses that we use too, couldn't he? I'm tired of helping people. I'm tired of being there for people. I'm tired of giving to people. So when that stuff happens to you, here's, here's, where, here's where we get it wrong. When things happen to us because we've tried, what we do instead of looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, I look at me. You look at you. Here, here's, what, here's the power of that name, Jesus. When you look at him, when that stuff happens to you, you'll be able to keep going because he did. What does the text say? The text said he endured it. 
So if Jesus can endure that, the contradiction of sinners against himself, when that happens to you, you can be able to endure it too. Now, does that mean you're not going to get tired? That you're not going to get tired of it? No, because we're, we're human. But also we can understand that Jesus went through this as well. And so sometimes that's the point where, where we can get at. And guys, here's, here's my encouragement as we keep studying this together. I know it's hard to, um, <clears throat> I know it's hard to keep, to keep being a good person. It's hard to, it's hard to keep over giving. It's hard to, um, to keep helping and to keep doing those things. It, it's difficult, but here's something that's very dangerous in in the realm of servitude because i've seen i've seen hebrews chapter 12 verses you know three through what is it five right three through three through five three through four i've seen when things have happened i've seen one side of the coin where people look unto christ and they keep going but i've but i've also seen the other side of the coin where people people's heart gets really cold and they become the villain like you can see it you ever watch those movies where someone was once good and then you could see because of certain actions because of what was done they make themselves the villain they used to be a good guy now they said no i'm i'm done with it now like that was that was it like something snapped i've seen that snap happen you know there was a conversation a couple years ago with uh with a friend of mine and I saw the snap and he said, I've tried to be a good person. I've tried to help, but at this point I'm done. And he snapped. And so sometimes that's the point that we can get to. And that's a, that's a dangerous place to be. And so if you're in that space, you may have to reconsider Hebrews chapter 12 verses three through five, start looking back unto Jesus. Who's the author and the finisher of our faith. And who understood that contradiction of sinners against himself. So, man, look, I'm done. I've given everything that I've had. I'm done. So before we go to our second point, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash when scriptures become real slash support. And you can support the podcast. And we will be, uh, you know, extremely grateful if you can help us and support the podcast. It will always be free. Uh, but you can help support the podcast monetarily as we continue to grow and as we continue to develop um, this podcast together so we can help as many people as we can. So we're talking about, I gave everything I had. I'm done. So how do we get to that point? Well, number one, we get to that point because you're tired of seeing the same thing happen to you over and over and over again. I mean, it's the same movie, same movie. It's the same thing. You're just, it's almost like you're waiting for it to happen. Yep, there it is. Yep. I was waiting on it. There it is. So how do we how do we navigate through that? Hebrews 12, right? Looking unto unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Then two, how else do we get to that point? So as this snowball keeps building, we can get to that point because we're tired of seeing the same old movie. And then number two, we can get to that point because you're tired of seeing yourself hurt. So going back to that conversation yesterday, you could tell in this guy's eyes. I mean, he started as everybody else was talking and encouraging, you can tell, I mean, he started crying 
and you can tell like he didn't believe him and their intentions for him were good but they didn't believe him they didn't believe what he said and you could tell that he just didn't believe it because he hasn't been proven otherwise he's always been proven hey yeah everybody starts off that way everybody starts off saying that they want to help you everybody starts off caring everybody starts off wanting things from you but that doesn't stay and i think that that happens to people more than we more than we like to um admit is it always starts off that way but it, there's no consistency it doesn't stay and so this goes gets goes back to hebrews chapter 12 verses 3 through 5 it goes back to that because looking unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith we're going to we're going to hit another example in this but here's why that's so important because here's the great thing about jesus not only does he understand you but here's the great thing about him as well jesus never leaves and that's the one thing in life that really everybody is looking for that we're really trying to find everybody wants some level of consistency now it doesn't mean that you're not ready for change that you can't be flexible that you can't be ready when you need to be ready but everybody wants something in their life that is constant that they know through the change right through the flexibility that this is always going to be here and here's here's what jesus is here's what the hebrews writer is trying to teach us in hebrews 12 when when we go through those things in our minds it can make our minds so faint because we're looking for that in other things. But Jesus is the one thing that never leaves. What did Jesus say in Matthew 28 himself? I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. You know, there there's times where even the best of us, even the best of us have let other people down. Even the best of us haven't been what we've needed to be because that shows we're not Christ. We can have the best intentions, but we're not him. But that's why, you know, what, um, what we should always encourage one another to do. Hey, look, I don't want you to trust me. I don't want you to put all your faith and all your eggs in one basket with me. I want you to put it all with Christ who, who, you and myself who I'm trying to follow myself because I have the potential to let you down, but he never will. So let's strive for him rather than other things. And so we can be, we can get so tired of seeing yourself hurt. And so there's a lot of ways that you could, you could be hurt. You know, and, and it really starts uh, for most people and from, from kind of what I've seen in youth ministry and 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 before where this where this really originates, it originates in their home. If their home has seen any type of hurt or pain or separation, what they've seen. It molds their minds into everybody that says that they care. They really don't. They're, they're almost in that state where that guy was, where they're kind of, they've already got the wall built up, but they're waiting for the opportunity for you to prove them right. Uh, see, look, I told you, 
you're just like him who left. You're just like her who left. You're just like her who did this. You're just like him who did this. When, when in all reality, they're not. But in our minds, we paint everybody else to be the original villain in our lives. And that's not really fair for everybody else. But that's what, in order to protect ourselves, that's what we convince ourselves of. You're just like that villain that I met in my home. You're just like that villain that I've known that that separated, that did this, that hurt this, that said this. So you see how kind of unfair that can be for everybody else. So sometimes you can get to that point where you're tired of seeing yourself hurt. So what's it? What's a good biblical example? Look at Luke chapter eight. Here's a perfect example here. And again, this involves Jesus and Jesus met people just like this. And this is why we're going through this because Jesus was able to help people like this. Um, Luke eight and begin in verse number 43. Luke eight, beginning in verse 43. Now, again, remember, what's our point here? Our point is you're tired of seeing yourself hurt. So let's see. Let's see this situation. And there was a woman having an issue of blood. So let's stop there. So she had an issue. She had a problem physically, and it was with her blood. Now, again, like the Bible says, the life is in the blood, right? So now if the life is in the blood, she has a problem with it. So now let's notice what she tried to do. Now, she understands she has a problem, but now let's see how she tried to fix the problem. Well, let's see how long she had it first. So a woman having an issue of blood for 12 years. Okay, so that's the length. She's had the issue for 12 years. And notice how she tried to fix it all these years. Okay, keep this in mind. Which had spent all of her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any of them. So can you imagine? Sometimes we have to put our, to make the Bible real for you, sometimes you have to put yourselves in their shoes so think about if you had an issue of blood or a problem with your blood for 12 years think about every day for 12 years you went to a different doctor you went to a different physician you went to a different healer you went to any alternative thing you could find for 12 years and for 12 years you presented your problem Hey, I've got this issue of blood. And for 12 years, doctors, physicians, whoever, we may be able to help you with that. Let's see if we can help you with that. Let's see if we can heal that. Let's see if we can take care of you. But then at the end of the day, what do all of them say? I'm sorry, you can't be helped. So can you imagine for 12 years being on an emotional roller coaster? Maybe this next one? This next doctor I meet, maybe he can heal me. Then someone else refers you to another doctor that's eight hours away. Man, I heard he helped this person. If you go out here, he can help you too. So now I walk for days, right, until I get to that doctor. And inevitably, what does that doctor tell me? I can't do anything for you. So imagine how tired this woman was. I'm done. I've tried everything. I've tried it all. And isn't that the point that you can get to as well? I'm tired. I'm tired of trying. 
But then watch verse 44. And she came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood was stanched. And Jesus said, who touched me? And when all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee, saying, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody touch me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was hit, she was not hid, she came trembling, falling down before him, for what cause she touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Notice what made her whole her faith go in peace so think about this woman's mindset everybody that always said they could help me at the end of the day they couldn't so if you have somebody today just like that guy in that conversation if you have somebody like that today what's the attitude of a person like that most likely today most likely i'm done i've already tried I've tried 12 years. It's not working. So look what made her whole. Her faith made her whole. So again, what is Hebrews? Again, we're going to go back to home base. Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus. So this, this tells us about our faith. So even though she's tried for 12 years, she says, but I'm going to try one more. I'm going to try Jesus. See, so many times what, what can happen was when you're tired of seeing yourself hurt, we can get to that point that that guy was, and anybody that comes to try to help, nope. Nope. Because inevitably, you're just like everybody else. You're just like everybody else. You know, I was watching a documentary on, uh, on Kobe Bryant. And if anybody knows him, he has this, he had this, uh, this um, state of mind that's very popular now. And that state of mind was Mamba mentality, right? So they called him the Black Mamba on the court because he was vicious, right? He was dangerous. So the Mamba mentality, that's what it was. And in this documentary, he actually, for the first time, he actually explained where that, where that mentality came from. And he said, as a kid, he moved a lot. He was in Italy, and so he couldn't speak the language, so he didn't have anybody to talk to. Then when he came over to the States, he was always moving. And so he said, here's where mama mentality came from. And he said one word. He said it came from isolation. He said in his mind, he said, why in the world would I build a relationship or relationships with anybody? I mean, I'm talking about just like regular friends that you can go play, you know, you can go on the swings with. I'm t he's, I mean, he went that that specific. He says, why would I build a relationship with people that I know inevitably either they're going to leave or I'm going to leave? So why why try to build it? So here's the difference between the, the guy with the, with the, in that conversation and Kobe. The difference was when when Kobe met his wife Vanessa, you could you could see like if you watch it, you can see in his eyes he goes back to that point where he was just always isolated 
and he was always he was always ready to go and he was always ready for somebody else to go. He was always ready. But you could see when he started talking about her, when he started talking about how they met, when he started talking about um you know certain characteristics, you know her smile, blah blah blah, all that stuff. He said it it felt good for somebody to stay. And again, that's that's where that's what we're talking about. We're looking for that consistency. And that consistency is found in Christ. And guess who found him? That woman. So here's here's what you're really looking for. You're looking for consistency. But you keep overlooking him. And that consistent person is Christ. But here's the great thing about it, though, right? Here's here's the great news about it. Not only can you find, you you will find ultimate consistency in Christ, 100%. You will find ultimate consistency in him. But you got somebody that's doing their best to follow him, too. They're not perfect, but you're going to have consistency with them, too. So I gave everything that I had. I'm done. Maybe you're just tired of seeing the same old movie. Maybe you're tired of constantly seeing yourself hurt. But then number three, as we as we close this idea, maybe, maybe you're tired of trying. Maybe you're just tired of just trying in general. And so in that conversation, everybody around says, Hey man, let's 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 get your kids over to the house. Let's get your family over to the house and and, you know, your kids can get to know my kids and, and you know, we can enjoy some time together. And you could tell he was so reluctant. You could tell. And he was like, I- I'm good. I'm good. Because he had gotten to the point where he was just tired of of trying again. Right. Just He was just tired because ultimately to build friendships and to build even your relationship with Jesus, it takes work. And sometimes when it takes work, and then in in his case, everybody that he put work into, you know, hurt him. In his mind, why why should I keep putting in work? So maybe you're just tired of trying. Here's another example of somebody that was tired of trying. But again, here's a common denominator. Jesus met this person too. Look at John 5. John 5. And... um. I want to notice, I actually probably should start in verse one, just to get the context of, of our text here. Um, Actually, no, let's start in verse three. In verse three. You know, actually, no, (laughs) verse one. Okay, let's start in verse one. Uh, So after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in Hebrew, in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of people, of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, and they're waiting for the moving of the water. So why are they doing this? For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. And whosoever then first at the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. 
So here's something we have to understand about this pool for background before we keep going forward. So this pool, it was a, um, what it was, it was essentially a folktale. And what John is doing, John is describing the folktale. So here's what, here's what it is. And here's how we know it was a folktale. Because remember, God is a God of consistency. God is a God of order. And God is, um, God is not a respecter of persons. So why is it that God and an angel would randomly in a pool put put a pool there and whoever touched the water first would get healed and then everybody else wouldn't that that's out of that's out of God's character why would he do something like that right so that's not that's why you could tell this was a folk tale so there's natural geysers that come out of the water and just come up randomly this is probably what this was and people thought, and John's giving us the background. John is saying this is what people thought. They thought when a natural thing came up out of the out of the ground, that anybody that touched it would be healed. This was the folk tale. This is what people truly believed. So I mean, there's things people believe today, right? There's this, there's this, there's that. It's a folk tale, right? So John is describing the folk tale of what's happening. And so there's there's impotent people. There's, there's hurt people. There's blind people all around this pool. Now let's begin in verse 5. And there was a certain man there which had an infirmity. Now this is the longest out of all the ones we looked at today. He had one for 38 years. So think about, think about uh, this infirmity. And as you're, as you're looking at the hole, where that water is going to come out, you time it and you crawl over and you crawl over and you crawl over. And again, what does this take to get over there? It takes effort to get over there because remember, you have an infirmity. You're not like everybody else. You could just walk over. You're crawling over. You're trying and you're trying and you're trying. And then you don't get healed, quote unquote. So imagine for 38 years, all of your life, you've just spent trying. And why do, why do, what's the reason that we quit at things, especially in our generation today? Well, I quit this because I already tried. So since I've already tried, what's the point in trying again? See, that's something that the previous generations had before us that we've lost. Sometimes we have this entitlement that because I've tried for six months and it didn't work, because I tried for a year and it didn't work, well, I tried. I did what I was supposed to do. So you see how constantly our generation, with any, you can put anything in that blank. We break our own hearts because we don't have the endurance to do anything like our parents our grandparents our great-grandparents had so this man here he he's trying for 38 years don't you think he got tired of trying verse 6 but when jesus saw him when jesus saw him lie and he knew that he had been there for a long time and he knew his case he said unto him do you want to be made whole? 
you know, put your age here. Put your think about this as you're listening. Put your name and your age. Jesus knows how hard you've been trying. In all honesty today, Jesus knows how hard you've been trying. Nobody else might know, but Jesus knows how hard you've been trying. And notice the, the one question that Jesus is asking you and asking me as we study this. I know how long you've been trying. I know your infirmity. I know how long you've had to you've had to have this infirmity. You've had it a long time. I know your exact case. So the question Jesus is asking, do you want to be made whole? The natural the natural answer to that is what? Yeah. Right? Yeah, I want to be made whole. But notice how how the man spoke to Christ verse 7. And the impotent man answered, and he said, Sir, I have no man. So notice, notice the first thing that he says. What is how does the Bible describe him? The Bible doesn't describe him as a person that didn't have anybody. The Bible described him as a person that was infirmed. But in his mind, What's the first thing that he mentioned that hurt him the most? It wasn't even his disease. The thing that hurt him the most was that, Lord, for the past 38 years, I've had nobody. You know what that feels like? I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. And I have nobody to stand with me. I have nobody that wants to understand what I'm going through. I have nobody to help me. I have nobody to encourage me. Sir, I have nobody. So what is the impotent man telling us? He's telling us the real thing that's actually hurting him. I don't have anybody. Then he says this. Lord, when the water is troubled to put me in the pool, but while I'm coming towards that water, another person steps down before me. So what's our point here? I'm done. I get, I've given everything I've had for 38 years. I'm done. And on top of that, there's nobody here anyway. So why try? So here's, here's, here's the state that we can get to sometimes. And this is, this is a dangerous place to be in. And if you're here, I would highly consider trying to get out of this. If you're in a state for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60, whatever state that you're in, and, and whatever, however long you've been doing it, you've been, you've been just like this impotent man. You have nobody there with you and you've been trying and you've got some infirmity. What you can do is you can get into this state where because I've tried for so long, I would rather sit here and physically continue to suffer than try. If you're in that space, that's a dangerous spot to be in. I've already tried. I've already tried. I've already tried. So therefore, in my mind, since I've already tried, the safest thing for me to do is to stay here in my infirmity and not try again. Please get out of that if you're there today. 
because that's where he was. But notice what Jesus told him to do. Jesus said unto him, rise, take up your bed, and walk. So do you notice the thing that Jesus is doing in all these examples? Jesus understands, guys, that you, you're trying. Jesus understands that you have tried. And Jesus understands the situations. He gets it. And like he says in John 5, Jesus knows your exact case. But guess what Jesus is waiting for you to do? You've tried, and you've tried, and you've tried, and you've tried, and you've tried. And you're tired. But you haven't tried me. So get up and try one more time. But instead, try this with me this time. So for you, you may be in that state. Man, I've given everything that I've had. I've continued to try. Just like that guy in that interview. I've continued to try in, the, in that conversation. I, I've already tried. I'm done getting hurt. I'm done trusting. I would rather just suffer with my own self mentally and and just continue to work myself to the bone because that's the only thing in my life that's consistent. Guys, instead of staying in that place, I would encourage you, whoever you trust, whether that's your, your, your preacher, whether that's your parents, whether that's your youth minister, go ask for help. Because that spot right there, that spot can kill you. And you'll justify being in that spot. Well, I've already tried. Go get some help. That's what, that's what we're here for. We're here to help. The Bible's here to help. The Bible's here to encourage. So how encouraging was that to hear that Jesus knows people that went through those things? But what was the common denominator in all those examples that we looked at today? Jesus was able to help. So I know when you're in that state, it feels like no one's really able to help you. But Jesus really is. But the only thing that we have to do, and I know we I know it's easy to to get tired of trying, but try it one more time. But do it his way this time. And then let's see if let's see if we start seeing some changes. So I gave everything that I had. I'm done. I hope that I was able to encourage you as we as we kind of went through that text. Again, if you need help, again, you know, be feel free to message and feel free. I mean, we can we can talk. And I know I've had, you know, Zoom calls with people if, if it if it's, you know, a confidential thing and I mean, I've had people that I've, I have never met and seen in my life that I've got messages from and we've had Zoom calls and we've talked and, and because of this podcast and, and what we've been able to do, we've been able to build this, uh, uh, really this family here as we study. 
and I've had random people. We we've, we've literally had one on one conversations over a Zoom call, you know. And if you need one of those, I mean, I'll, feel free, feel free. We can talk, we can study, you know. We can laugh together. We can try to encourage one another um, as we're as we're doing this. But the the thing is, we need to start looking more to Jesus, and that's what we're going to help you to do. We're going to help you to look more unto Him, who's the author and finisher of our faith. Um, so, Lord willing, what's today? Wednesday. So um, maybe we'll have another podcast Friday. I'm not sure. I'm waiting on some scheduling. Um, but if not Friday, Lord willing, then we will be back on Monday, Lord willing, with another podcast. Again, we're appreciative of everything you do. And Lord willing, we will see you guys on Monday. Thanks, guys.